Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to episode 103 of A. Thompson and Other Disappointments. Uh, if you, if, if this is your first time tuning in uh, for the last, I don't know, however many weeks, uh, you're not really up to speed with latest developments. Uh, me and my family have decided to come out to Phuket for a month in the summer. And this is, uh, you know, it's lots of fun. Um, I did an episode uh, a couple of days ago where I interviewed a chap that I got talking to out here. He's a Belgian property investor. You should definitely go and check that out. Uh, This one is a solo show, though. Uh, There's no guest on this. It's just me and you. Uh, Although this is not a transactional conversation, cannot stress that enough. Uh, Very much a one-way thing, this whole podcast podcast. thing let's you know let's really nail that down do not answer me back when i ask a question because i i will not hear it okay this is this is not a telephone call dad so let's get into it Uh, i've got my coffee i've got some brief respite from my crying children upstairs um let's yeah let's let's crack on Uh, i'm here in phuket in thailand for as i say four weeks and we're about a week in now uh so only only three weeks to go until we can get back to Blighty. Um, it's uh, it's funny here because, like, it really is. There's not an hour that goes by where I'm not consciously thinking of how to go about moving here. Do you know what I mean? Like, do normal people feel like that when they go on holiday? Or, or do they, is it like, oh, it's a nice place to visit, but, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back out. Like, I come out to places and I'm like, I need to work out how <laughs> we transition from the chaos that is the United Kingdom out here, you know? Is that what normal people think? Or is that just a sort of common sense reaction to the current state of play in Britain? Because it's sort of, as I say, it's a conscious thought. What components would we need to realise to get my kids' education sorted and to convince my girlfriend to leave all her friends and family behind without it feeling like all, I don't know, coercive, you know? Like, hey, yeah, let me... uh, let me internationally hive you away from your entire support network to a place where I'm in control. It doesn't it doesn't sound good, does it? Doesn't mean I can't do it, obviously, just that it would take finesse. Just have to find a way to market it to her like it's some fucking victory for feminism. <laughs> Lure her out here with a trail of Jolie Brearley posts and Beyonce CDs or some shit. So anyway, like, I'm constantly thinking about this. This, you know, can we just fuck off here? This place is beautiful. Can we just live here? Like, how could we, how could we formulate things and move things around so that we could live here? But there has to be some way. That's a conscious thought while we're here. I'm staring at, like, Al Jazeera and BBC News on the TV, egging on China. You know, like, come on, bomb the West, you fuckers. Leave us stranded here. Turn us into refugees. The most comfortable, happy refugees you've ever seen in your life. You know, just forced to stay in the hotel for another couple of weeks. Drinking daiquiris by the pool. And fucking around, like, you know, photoshopping news articles to make it look like Johnson and Truss called Xi Jinping a tosser. (laughs) Like trying to escalate this shit from my hotel room. Johnson and Trust labelled Chinese president a dogfucker in leaked recording. Share that shit. I'd be like that weedy guy. You know, the weedy guy at school in between two hard nuts. And he's like, oh, he said some shit about you. Are you going to take that? I'm not sure I'd take that, you know, starting a fight. That's me on Twitter, doctoring news articles and sharing them about Johnson and Trust. 
And look, obviously it's not without its faults here. Uh, you know, there's some things that are a little bit like, um, you know, leave you going, uh, what, huh? But you cannot find swim nappies anywhere. And like, I know sometimes in the UK, you know, in a swimming pool or whatever, you might let a cheeky tinkle go in the local leisure centre. But do people just let their children shit in swimming pools here? Like, is this why you need jabs to come here? Like, like Pampers could have made an extra 250 million selling swim nappies out here. Or Pfizer make 3 billion out of cholera jabs or some shit, you know? Like some dodgy deal has been made there. I'm going to fuck around and get kicked out of here for doing a podcast episode where I'm like, did Thailand make a corrupt cholera deal with Pfizer? Um, For the avoidance of doubt and, uh, you know, and indeed my sanity, uh, to the best of my knowledge, Pfizer did not do a shady trade deal with the Thai government. Let's just be really clear about that. Um, So, life here, right, or rather our first week here, some things are not quite there versus back home, but pretty much everything else is better. Like, if you want to know the bad stuff, um, let's think about this. Uh, we had a power cut in our first week. Um, the internet's a bit shit at times. Though that could just be... That could be the Wi-Fi that we're on, or, like, the supplier, or whatever. I don't know. I don't care either, to be honest. I don't care, like, whose fault it is. <laughs> I don't care whose fault it is that the internet doesn't work, but it's unacceptable. Because, because I, I guess because I work in tech and I'm, you know, I'm British and, and somewhere between those two things, I'm like, it's not that hard in 2022 to get people a reasonable standard of internet. It really is not. And it's kind of like, it's funny to me because I, then I hear myself saying this shit and I consider myself a fairly liberal, progressive-y kind of guy, but I could totally see myself after six months of living here, being like, oh, can we just fuck off back to good old blighty where things actually work? You know, being that guy. Just a ridiculous nationalist posturing credit. You know, everything bloody works in Britain. <laughs> like, which, of course, it doesn't, right? If, if Thailand is the land of smiles, as the saying goes, then Britain is the land of fucking what? Like grimacing if you're forced to hold open a door for someone half a second longer than you wanted to (laughs) or like you know nationally we like sigh in dissonant harmony when we realize that the trains have been cancelled and now they're running a rail replacement bus service that takes twice as long but they'll still charge us the full price you know Or, or or the wrong kind of snow or strikes or Brexit yielding empty shelves or, you know, all all manner of things that don't work in the UK. But all of that would be out the window if I lived here and my internet went down. (laughs) All of it would be out the window. Then Britain would be this sort of, you know, far off paradise. It wouldn't be like this in Britain, I would say to myself, without a doubt. Um, By the way, I'm in a car park. This is the only way I can do these episodes. It's the only way I can create content while I'm out. So, uh, you know, humour me. You're going to have to deal with some sounds of Thailand in the background. Um, Where was I? It wouldn't be like this in Britain. (laughs) That's what I was ranting about. It wouldn't be like this in Britain, he screamed at the exhausted Koh Tao cashier as she explained to him for the third time that no, sir... (laughs) 
there are still no swim nappies in stock. And could you please stop asking if we could import Beaver Town and then complaining when it's three times the price of a low locally manufactured Pilsner? All it would take to turn me into that guy is bad internet. Which is like, it's weird, isn't it? It's like most people assume that the internet is the worst version of themselves. Like, what's that song by, um, what they called? Lonely Island? Something Island, is it? They do, like, comedic ditties, if you like. Comedic songs. Uh, and they have that song, and it's like, it's something along the lines of, like, I love you in real life, but I hate you on the internet. Or something, you know, like, the concept is, like, you know, it's, it's, this person is a normal person, and then they go on the internet, and they turn into a radicalised, frothing lunatic, and all their friends hate them. You know, sometimes I worry that I venture into that because like, I used to have a lot of friends and then, you know, fatherhood came knocking and I took my career a little bit more seriously. And but also in parallel to that, I, you know, I started ranting about politics online and I'd, I'd no doubt share some articles that would probably raise eyebrows. And I wonder to what extent that has reduced my number of like how many times have people seen stuff that i've said online ranting about tories or brexit or shared a guardian article and they've looked at it and gone oh god has aid turned into one of those one of those facebook warriors or do you know what i mean to what extent has that reduced you know minimized my circle of friends i suspect the answer to that question is something i would not like to hear so there's the people, like the normal people who who go on the internet and, you know, they're normal in real life, but then on the internet they turn into radicalised versions of themselves, ranting, sharing articles. And then there's this other variant, right, of regular people who are nice and calm and sensitive and then put them online for longer than 40 seconds and they're jerking it over the worst pornography that the web can offer. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's... This, this, this idea that the, the internet, for most people, equals the worst version of themselves. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's that they're radicalised sharing articles or whether it's that they're looking at stuff that they really shouldn't be looking at. Like, I feel like I'm actually the inverse of that. You know, take away my internet and I will become the worst incarnation of myself that you can possibly imagine. I will become a flag-fucking nationalist clapping my gums about blighty and all it takes is the removal of internet from my life anyway look we're here for a month and uh and phuket is very fun it has to be said uh it's the first holiday that we've had in years it's nice to be away it's beautiful the weather has been mostly okay you know it's monsoon season so it's rainy as fuck but you know we're british so we barely noticed that um like Brits, right? Brits complaining about rain abroad is like fucking, you know, Tories complaining that the service was a bit insensitive somewhere. You know, like if you if you imagine a top hat Tory with a bow tie going like, oh, they, you know, I, I did go there a couple of times, but they just they, they don't seem to care much. You'd be like, are you joking? You just signed two bills that kill 100,000 poor and disabled people every year or some shit, and you're complaining someone didn't show you sufficient care and compassion. Are you medicated? So, we're away um, on this financially devastating holiday, but it's much needed, much delayed. Um, 
And my girlfriend and me are looking at it sort of different ways. We've got different vantage points of this. Um, my girlfriend's looking at it like, you know, well, we haven't been away for ages. We deserve this, right? And we kind of do. There's been this, like, new addition to the Thompson family, to the household. That took us out of the game for a year. Over a year, in fact. There's been a pandemic, right, for everyone. That's restricted your ability to go away on holidays. And uh, then we've, we bought a house about four years ago. And we've thrown all of our disposable income into just getting, like, the driveway sorted. Hoping to add value to it so we might actually be able to cling on to the fucking house. And then so finally now we're like, well, we're due a break. You know, we can't afford it, but we deserve this. Let's have some fun. That's my girlfriend's attitude to it. Let's have some fun. Optimism, upbeat. Let's have a holiday. I am looking at it like a, you know, truly hashtag Bimfluencer kind of way. I'm looking at it like, well, yeah, better get away now before the world ends. You know, like, we're so like two different ways of looking at this. She's like, should we just go crazy? Should we buy these tickets to Thailand and have an amazing holiday? I'm like, yeah, may as well, because it's only become more unaffordable as the oil runs out, you know? <laughs> like, it would be fun to see Thailand one last time before Mad Max-looking cannibals turn up, club me round the head and eat my children. And she stares at me blankly. She's like, so is that a yes? <laughs> so we're out here. Um... In fact, actually, let's just let's just talk about that for a minute. I have to say, right, so with the spiralling energy costs and the crunch on natural gas, right, yes, a lot of it has come down from the situation in Ukraine and the sanctions on Russia, but the scarcity of fossil fuels and soaring energy prices is not exclusive to that invasion. It's going to be the new normal. People are going to end up frozen to death or fucking dying in stupid ways, you know, trying to stay warm. Like, they'll be burning bins of toilet paper in their houses, and it's going to catch fire on the curtains or something and burn some family alive because they can't afford regular central heating anymore. But this shit is happening and will continue to happen. And it's, like, way quicker than I thought. I used to get quite doomsday about it all, but I figured, like, you know, sort of 2030, 2040, you'd start talking about energy rationing or, you know, planes being grounded or food soaring in price and petrol soaring in price you know maybe russia and ukraine just kind of sped it up a bit in the same way that you know working from home like remote working like the trend was already moving towards remote working but the pandemic just you know put it into fifth gear so maybe it's similar to that i mean like am i being am i being hysterical or does it feel like between climate change uh running out of oil China and Taiwan now, World War Three, the fucking pandemic. Like it does, fe- it feels like we're on our way out now, doesn't it? Like if it was a movie, and it had those four concurrent plot lines, the producer would be like, right, yeah, so the world's gonna end, right? We get it. There's no need to beat the fucking audience around the head with it. It's it's understood. You're overwriting. And I do look. I do understand that when I talk about this stuff, it does come off as a bit hysterical, a bit maniacal, if that's the right word. You know, like I'm having some sort of bipolar moment. Not that I'm bipolar, but you know, or at least, you know, not diagnosed. Um, Here's a fun tale. I don't think I've talked about this yet on the pod. Maybe I have. I don't know. If I have, feel free to, you know, skip for a minute. But, uh, 
But if not, stick around, because it's a real uplifter. It will, you know, make your day, this one. You'll leave with a smile, guaranteed. Uh, asterisk, definitely not guaranteed. Um, so I remember this, right? This is something that happened uh, about three months ago. Um, and I remember it incredibly clearly, uh, because it was only three months ago. Uh, but basically, so we were out driving around. Me, the girlfriend, the kids in the back. We drive around and we look at houses. Uh, you know, that sort of, you know, property porn, I guess you would call it. And we, as we're driving around, like, we'll look at one place and we'll be like, wouldn't it be amazing if we lived here, you know? Wouldn't it be amazing if we could afford a place like this? And it's something that we like to do. I like to do it because it's free and I spend all my salary on fucking bills and it keeps the kids strapped in and under control. So I get a fucking break for an hour, right? And my girlfriend likes to do it because she works in property and she's always been obsessed with houses. So, you know, between the two of us, it works out pretty good. And she's lo looking out the window. She's like, wow, look at that country pile there. You know, I'm like, I mean, I can barely afford a fucking coffee. You know? <laughs> like showing me millionaire mansions when all of my salary goes on bills is like fucking showing pornography to a eunuch or something, you know? But it's a thing that we do and will no doubt continue to do until the cost of petrol to drive around for an hour becomes totally unmanageable, uh, which it will. We're all doomed. LOL. Uh, but let's, you know, let's continue. Um, now, a lot of these drives is just fantasy, right? It's like the real life version of flicking through right move and searching on properties between, you know, three million and five million. And... And then go, whoa, you know, oh, I like this. This would be so pimp. You know, I'd put an office in that three-car garage. And then, oh, oh, Lucy, come over here. Look, look, we could put a panic room, nuclear bunker out the back. Oh, yes. You know, it's just nice to see what's out there. And you start thinking, well, you know, we live in a shitty two-and-a-half bed in one of the shittiest towns in Hampshire. And I am not proud of my town. It can go fuck itself. Uh, but it is in the southeast. So you kind of get to thinking, if we sold up here and bought up north or something or Scotland, you know, what could we get? Could we get the garden underground panic room bunker while wider society tears itself apart? Could we, could we live that dream? And as we're driving around looking at what are, you know, probably footballers' houses and oligarch mansions and weapons traffickers, country piles and shit, like the conversation hopscotches. From my girlfriend, who's like, oh, I'd live there. You know, I'd love a place like that. You know, that sort of upbeat, positive, fun stuff. Oh, that one has a helicopter pad. You know, like fun things, fun dreams. But then it gets to me and I'm like, I think we should go wherever we can afford a place in the middle of a field, isolated, off the beaten path, so that when, not if, Lucy, when society collapses and our nice suburban neighbours get desperate and break into our house and use their garden tools to neutralise me, <laughs> murder me with a nail gun so they can get to my food cupboard and steal the last few tins of sweet corn and powdered pasta mix. When that happens, we'd be slightly out of the way, in the middle of nowhere, and at least, you know, slightly protected. And this is, this is me saying this in my dad wagon on a Sunday drive the world is over, let's hide in a field, basically. And she's like, are you, are you being serious right now? <laughs> I'm like, on our Sunday drive, I'm like, look, I know it seems ridiculous, 
Because right now it's 2022 and we're in a car with petrol in it and there's people running around outside laughing and there's still Deliveroo and taxis and the schools are still open. But, you know, either the oil is going to run out and it's going to get so costly to or like out of reach for most people out there or, you know, food supplies are going to crunch and people are going to riot and kill one another. And that is going to happen. And truly the best thing that we can do is move somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. And she's still like, she's still kind of not getting it. She's still like, what, like, what about schools? You know, we, we, we probably wouldn't even be in a catchment area. I'm like, no one's going to care if our kids can read or write when they're eating them, Lucy. <laughs> and her eyes widen, as you would, if your partner, the father of your children... The provider, the guy that's paying the bills, starts coming out with some crazy shit like that on your family Sunday drive. I'm like, people are going to get desperate and kill and probably eat each other. Who gives a fuck about schools? You know, it's not like people are going to be like, oh, have you tried? Have you tried the illiterate grilled infant? Oh, oh it's so much better than the three R's one. Like nobody, nobody's going to care. And I really went off on one with it. I'm thinking back on it now, it still makes me laugh. Like, she's just sat there. This nice, privately educated, Dulwich, now suburban mum, talking about the houses she wants. You know, fantasy, upbeat, nice stuff. And I'm crushing that shit with like, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. And we just end up in a bigger house in a field where the kids can run around, like with, without us worrying that they're gonna get shanked over their postcode. But if I'm right, which I am right, then gas, electric, petrol, interest rates, mortgages, food, everything is going to get harder and people are gonna get hungry and desperate and then they're gonna get violent and rob and murder each other with table legs for cans of fucking beans. And, and there's like two young children in the back seat this whole time. And my son like pipes out like, Daddy, why is Mickey Mouse happy? But there's two, there's two mentalities in this fucking car. There's me, the world's going to envelope into murderous chaos. And then there's my kid's blissful ignorance. You know, like, oh, it's sunny outside and I like Goofy better than Donald Duck because jelly and ice cream. And then my, my girlfriend is somewhere between the two of those. You know? Like, she has the intelligence and the will and patience to listen to me about this stuff. But she still believes that human ingenuity will somehow save the day. You know, like some professor in fucking Oregon or Sydney will just like enter the room and go, don't worry about climate change. I figured it out. If you heat up mud to 40 degrees, actually it solves everything. Like some, something weird and ad hoc and random and human ingenuity like someone's going to step in at the last minute and save the day. You know, if you throw mud up at the sky, it will fix the ozone layer. Uh, you can decarbonize the atmosphere by just, uh, I don't know, if everyone breathe, breathes in really hard, then it might fix it. I mean, well, you know, I'm what I like to think is a realist. And I deal with facts and worst case scenarios. I'm like, yeah, we should uh, probably plan some sort of Noah's Ark for this shit. <laughs> a little cottage in the woods with a 30-foot-high border wall. <laughs> She's like, okay. 
And honestly, like, she got out of that car with a face like a smacked ass, you know, because she's a sane person. And it's kind of the right reaction. Someone tells you how bad things are actually going to get, at least in my mind, and at least until, you know, someone explains to me how, why oil wouldn't run out or how we're going to fix it. Or, or like, you know, why places like Saudi Arabia, the greatest oil-rich nation of the world, like, why they're now drilling dangerously offshore in desperation, like alcoholics banging an empty pint glass on the bar at five past 11, like, one more drink, one more drink, you know? Desperate to keep the party going. Let's drill offshore. Oh, yeah, sure, fine. What does that say to you? It, it tells you that there's a scarcity that even the most oil-rich nations are beginning to run dry. Until someone can explain to me why that's not something to panic about, I just, uh, I'm nailed to this idea that we're cosmically fucked. So yeah, that was a fun Sunday drive. Proper, proper Binfluencer style. Really taking that nice upbeat, inspiring drive, looking at people's millionaire lifestyles and slamming that shit down with a, we are so very, very fucked. Anyway, back to this, um, back to this holiday. God, I'm such a, I'm such a downer, you know, such a cliche comedian, sad clown. Like I can find some, you know, some funny in life. I can raise a smile, can make myself laugh and hopefully some of you guys. But actually deep down, or not even that deep, it's just a, dark, depressing deluge of reality that will cloak and may remove the light from your day. Like a cold, unforgiving, blackening cloud eclipsing the dusk sun. You asked for a humorist. You asked for something light. Well, I bring you the darkness. <laughs> it's like... It's funny, like, some couples, some families book a holiday and they're like, hey, it'd be nice to get away. And they just walk around, you know, arm in arm, forging memories, quality time. I have to turn it into some, you know, sort of hypothesis of a goddamn dystopian nightmare. You know? It'd be nice to hide out here when China strikes, to be honest. You know, like, one eyeball on the news constantly. Have they, have they dropped a nuke yet? No, it's probably going to happen soon, you know. This would be a good place to hide out. I mean, it's not probably on the list. Like Thailand, it's difficult to imagine Thailand would be on the list of published adversaries of China, I think. So anyway, yes, it started off as, it'd be good to get away, we deserve it. Versus, yeah, may as well. All of this is gonna be over in a year or two. And here's the thing, right? Do you ever worry? My God, these birds out here are going crazy. Um, what if, what if the birds, like, squawking there was, like, the first reaction to a nuclear bomb having gone off over it? Anyway, let's not get too, too weird about this. Um, do you ever worry that you've been radicalised, though? Because it's a big question, right? And you have to possess... You've got to possess some level of self-awareness to be able to ask that question. Have I been radicalised? You have to be conscious of your own psychological vulnerabilities that you could be susceptible to shit. You have to be, you have to have an understanding of critical thought and embrace it. You have to accept or embrace, like, you have to understand how people perceive you and like how your colleagues 
might perceive the same information as you've perceived, but in different ways. And then you have to be able to ask yourself, like, am I being manic here? Am I having some sort of episode? Am I going a bit hysterical with concepts like peak oil or worst, clay, uh, worst case climate meltdown? You know what I mean? Or the possibility of a new pandemic or what? Like, am I being a little bit over the top? Am I being hysterical? Have I been radicalised? And then you think, I don't think I have been radicalised. I don't think I am. Because I don't think, I don't think radicalised people stop to wonder if they've been radicalised. I think they just think the thing that they think is the truth. You know what I mean? But also it's a little bit like, if you say, have I been radicalised? And then you go, no, because I think if I had been radicalised, I don't think I'd ask that question. <laughs> it's a bit like you're saying, oh, so I'm not radicalised, but based solely on the fact I questioned it for 30 seconds, rather than whether my fears were irrational or whatever. Does that make sense? It's like a sort of, you know, get out of jail free card. Have, have I been radicalised? Well, I've asked that question, so I guess not. You know, it's like... It's like when people say, am I insane? And you go, well, if you're capable of asking the question, I'd say no. And then you're like, oh, OK, cool. Because I've just been having a 30 minute debate about Brexit with Elvis Presley. But it, as long as I've asked the question, I guess I'm perfectly fine. But I don't know. I also like I question myself in terms of ego with a lot of this stuff. Like, do I just buy into this stuff because subconsciously I quite like the idea that I know we're all fucked. Society's fucked. Few other people seem to know that or accept it or appear to at least. So it's like, at least I knew. You know what I mean? Like, we're all screwed. It's going to get really bad. But at least I knew. At least I was smart. Like, is there some layer of ego to it like that? Like, I think I made a joke about this on a different episode. You know, like me spinning on a spit roast being cooked by cannibals cooked alive and i'm i'm next to someone else <laughs> i'm like well haha i was right all along you know like taking some sort of social collateral out of the fact that i knew that this was happening at least i knew that we were fucked i think i remember saying something about like you know how how maybe the blissfully ignorant types do you know who I mean? In fact, I, do you know what? I will say it. The dumb people. The ones who know nothing about all of this. Or just ignore people like you and, you know, me when we talk about it. The ones who know nothing about it. And they just sit back and they enjoy Love Island and the Euros and the new season of the Kardashians or, you know. And they're living in this sort of blissfully ignorant bubble where they think climate change isn't really anything to, well, oh, I don't care. If it gets a couple of degrees warmer, it'll be fine, you know. They don't care. They don't really have any understanding or accept that oil is going to run out. They don't really have any uh, understand. Like they think that the pandemic was all just a big, you know, hoopla over nothing. The stupid people, right? The dumb people. They live in their bubble. And you kind of get to the point where you're like, actually, is this some sort of weird paradox where the stupid people are actually the smart ones? Because the stupid people are at least enjoying their lives right now. You know, they're not talking into their phone recording a podcast about doom and gloom, about the horribleness that's about to happen in the next, like, 10, 15 years, max. They're not wasting their lives, wasting their time. They're off, like, you know, at the fairground with their kids. Are the stupid people actually the smart ones? Because they're using their time as quality time. 
You know, they're focusing on shit that's going to improve their weekend with their families. I don't, or maybe working harder so that they can earn enough money to fuck off and buy a New Zealand island and then miss out on all of the chaos and the murder. Are the stupid people actually the smart ones? Right, guys, i got to go. Uh, this has been... Uh, <laughs> this, this has been quote-unquote fun. I hope I haven't bummed you out too much. Um, I mean, that's basically the, the MO of this, uh, this entire podcast is take really depressing, dark truths and a, a, a realistic look at modern life and just hand it to the listeners or the viewers if you, you're watching this on YouTube and, and just, you know, embrace it. Wrap it up like it's gallows humour. Like, well, you know, we're all fucked. So let's just grab a beer and, you know, talk shit about it. Um, so, yeah, look, if it's your first time listening to the podcast, uh, it's called A. Thompson and Other Disappointments. Uh, this was episode 103. Uh, I do put all of the episodes on Patreon first. There are now 10 Patreons and they will all be invited to an exclusive meetup slash piss up. Uh, in London, I'm going to book a function room uh, at a pub and we'll all meet up and probably talk shit about Tories and embrace some of that sort of gallows humour, grab a beer, we're all fucked, uh, let's talk shit about it kind of mentality. Um, if you want to jump in on that and or uh, any other uh, upcoming events, and uh, there's talk certainly about doing a monthly uh, Q&A for the Patreons, um, then jump on patreon.com forward slash Aid Thompson. That's Aid Thompson with an I-N at the end rather than an O-N. Aid Thompson on Patreon. Um, other than that, get at me on Twitter, uh, twitter.com forward slash Aid Thompson. I'm also on Instagram, uh, constantly putting uh, memes up. At the moment, I'm going, I've started a campaign where I'm taking the piss out of this preacher in Chicago. It's a bit random, uh, but we're in this hotel. I might do an episode on him next. Uh, but we're in this hotel at the moment and there's hotel tv uh and one of the channels like most of the channels are news but one of the channels is a christian thing called the word network and there's this guy on there who's like pre preaching to people to donate 500 dollars to free themselves of the debt spirits it's absolutely batshit like donate 500 dollars to my little church and free yourself from debt spirits how does that make sense? Like, how is that not the most obvious, crooked scam in the world? And yet he's got this, you know, choir behind him singing. He's got, you know, professional cameras on it. Like, how are these people allowed to get away with this shit? Anyway, look, I went on a proper rant about it last night to my girlfriend. I put a couple of tweets up about it. Uh, I've decided I'm going to fuck with him a little bit. So stay tuned for that. Uh, his name's Dan Willis, Pastor Dan Willis, and he's from Illinois in America. So... Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and um, stay tuned for it. I'll be back uh, next week, hopefully with a, a new guest. I'm just waiting to tee that up with somebody that I've also met or been introduced to out here. So hopefully that will all pan out. It's very high profile, so I don't know if you can tell me to fuck off or not. But uh, I you know, figured it was worth a shot. Um, until next time, take care, uh, have fun, and uh, yeah, don't be a stranger. Tweet at me, write me a review, and I'll catch up with you soon. Okay, cheerio, bye!